Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas, and today I have with me David Fontaine, uh, founder and CEO at Foresight. And we've had a few Foresight people uh, come, come on the podcast. So David, great great to have you. Thank you for, for joining me today. How's it going? Yeah, it's great, Tony. Uh, thanks for letting me on here. I know we've been uh, spamming your uh, your podcast, so <laughs> feels good to... Uh, yeah. To be the the uh, maybe the last one on here, but who knows? But it's, uh, maybe you got to fight all the you know all the other people to get to the to the to the CEO. But it's uh, it's good to be on here. I appreciate that you guys have made time time to come on. Uh, so so uh, you guys have been in in in, in the news quite a, quite a bit uh, recently in 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 the insurtech press. So so. Uh, 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 recently, some uh, expanded appetite, and uh, and then there was also the the, the Series B. Uh, so so, how are things going at Foresight? Do you want to talk about, about those two updates? Yeah, uh, we were really happy to announce our expanded appetite, uh, as well as on the back of our well, on the back of our Series B um, announcement, which is obviously you know we we raised a. A fairly sizable B round, and um, we're now uh, putting that to work. And a big, big push of big push for this year is expanding appetite and expanding territories, expanding our footprint. So, um, seeing a lot of great results, growing really quickly, um, seeing a great response from the broker community and our insureds, and um, really putting the pedal to the metal this year to uh, really carve out our position in the market as the first and main uh, insure tech for middle market workers' compensation. Okay. Um, so the, 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 uh, the, the, this, this round of funding, what, what was, was this one different than, than the rest or, or uh, is it just a you know, bigger number kind of, kind of thing? Like, has, has it gotten easier to raise? Has it gotten harder to raise? <laughs> uh, Great question. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a few things to unpack there. Um, but, you know, I'll start with, is it, is it what, you know, what's the difference between the B and our previous round of funding? Um, so a Series A, that was largely raised uh, to launch our, uh, to launch Foresight as an MGU. So, and, and begin, commence underwriting in California, Texas, and um, the Southwest largely. We're able to prove out some really amazing results and performance and, and show that we had a really great product market fit. Um, our community of brokers, you know, we scaled this program from, from zero distribution, a brand new MGA slash MGU, not affiliated with any kind of incumbent, a true grassroots insurance operation. Uh, and we scaled that from, from zero brokers on our platform to, you know, close to 400 brokers on our platform now. Um, including 14 of the top 15 largest national com commercial brokers. First year of underwriting, we had over a billion dollars worth of risks submitted to us uh, to the Foresight program. And um, we just had an, an unbelievable amount of traction. And it was, uh, so, so, the, for the, so that was a series A. And then the series B uh, is still, uh, is more of a growth story. So. Really for the Series B, what we're looking to do is expand on our footprint at the moment at eight states and our appetite, as you've seen, um, continue to push out wider uh, and bring foresight to a national presence within the country. So building out of those eight states and, and delivering our product to um, 
to other areas of the nation where we really feel it can make a big difference. Okay. Okay. And, and, uh, are, are, are you seeing a, a change in, in, in the overall insure tech market or are, are we, uh, there's been different waves, uh, it's, and, and they're kind of tenuous on how to define them, but, but are, are we getting closer to the point where, where this is just part of the way we do business as, as, as the insurance industry? <laughs> It's a, I love that question. I mean, it's, it's something that is uh, a lot of people are talking about and a lot of us are thinking about right now. Um, and if you think about it, you know, the way I like to look at it is that we've only really just scratched the surface of insurance or insurance, insurance technology, insure tech. Um, there's thousands of lines of insurance and, you know, globally. And if you think about all the impact that technology can have on those lines of insurance, we're really, we're, we're really sort of in the early stages, in my opinion. The, you know, a few companies have come out at, as what has been referred to as the first wave of InsureTech or InsureTech 1.0, call it whatever you want. Um, and, you know, they really were the canaries in the coal mine, so to speak. Uh, they uncovered, a, they pushed, pushed a lot of boundaries, um, uncovered a lot of things and have um, learned some pretty hard lessons of late. As I know you, I'm sure you're familiar you know, a lot of those companies that were that pushed to go public early or SPAC um, are now getting heavily punished in the market. Um, and so there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And we like to think that we are one of the first companies to, to really be pushing ahead with this second wave of InsureTech, call it InsureTech 2.0, call it whatever you will. But I think the fundamental difference is uh, that first wave of InsureTechs a lot of it, a lot of the business strategy was marketing and growth at all costs. You know, how quickly can we scale TWP? How quickly can we um, build up a brand, a household brand presence? And um, how better can we market a personal line of insurance, take for example, or you know, a, a small small business line of insurance. Um, InsureTech 2.0, you know, I believe is is the second wave of of InsureTech companies coming through where. We're learning lessons from that first wave. I think one of the biggest lessons is, is that the market is going to judge us not just on written premium and how quickly can we scale. We have you have to have those things; they're given. But you need to scale with um, attention to the fundamentals of insurance. So you know that includes combined ratio, loss ratio, CAC, basic basic fundamentals where. We could get you know you can push you can push a big number of TWP and scale really aggressively and um, and get you know get the volume required to do something like an IPO, or, uh, but once you get there, if you don't have those, the market's smarter now. If you don't have those things, we're gonna like you're just gonna fall to the same fate that these these first wave of insure techs have fallen to. And it's not to say those insure techs are down and out. I think there's some fantastic companies there. And, you know, I'm a big believer that they'll, they will sort their stuff out and that this is still early days. And, you know, they've got many years of runway to prove to work on things like loss ratio, combined ratio, cost, get their costs of acquisition down and become great companies. Um, but as an insurer, as part of the second wave and having less of a head start, um, for us, we really need to get it, for, get it right from the get go. And where Foresight is really uniquely positioned to, to do this is obviously we're all about risk mitigation, in, improving the insured's risk profile, delivering additional value to the insured through commercial brokers. Um, and we are growing 
at a fast pace, as you've seen, as you commented on, but we really are doing it with a focus on sustainability and making sure that everything we are doing and investing in is adhering to those fundamentals. Um, so, you know, we, when we, when we, when we, you know, one day if we do decide to, to go public or expect, um, something along those lines, we, we will have the figures and the numbers and the, you know, the basic fundamentals there to, to, to not fall to the same fate of this, this first wave of insure tech. Yeah, and I, it quite quite clearly they 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 got pushed uh, by by their investors to 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 go public and 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 they, they uh, drank their own Kool Aid on on the we're a technology company not a not an insurance company and ultimately if you carry risk or or if you yeah if you carry risk or you want, or, or if you reinsure risks uh, you you have to. Uh, to at some point figure out the 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 profit profitability piece you've got to pay um, the piper at the end of the day right and uh so yeah it's a hard truth in insurance yeah so so uh you're australian right i am originally from sydney australia yeah so how, how did you end, end up finding yourself creating an insurance company here in the states kind of kind of what, what was the what was the path <laughs> that, that, that yeah. led you to, to this it's a, um, it's quite the story. So it is, it is a, it, you know, some days to, to wake up and, and think how do I get here is, is quite an interesting, interesting one. But um, so you, myself and you've had Peter Grant, my co-founder on this podcast before, but uh, tragically we lost a friend in a workplace accident that we went to college with. Um, and this was after we graduated and we were in, in, you know, our first careers. Um, and, you know, I graduated college as an investment in investment banking. And I was working for a Dutch investment bank. Then I later uh, quit investment banking, moved into technology and product and was, was basically had my own uh, tech company that were making enterprise products for construction companies and basically so, basically software solutions. Um, and this when his friend passed away, myself and Peter, who, who you know, uh, got together and we we're like, this, this really sucks. Um, and, you know, a big part of, of him passing was to do really with the workplace environment, workplace conditions weren't up to standard. And, you know, there was some critical, critical failures there that, that led to him, um, unfortunately, passing away uh, at work. And, you know, our ambition was basically to put our skill set together at that point in time and create a better, uh, create a solution basically for companies that would uh, incentivize them or inspire them to improve their safety, their compliance, and ultimately the workplace environment for their workers. And um, you know, on the back of that, we created this risk management software solution called SafeSite, which um, you'll be familiar with having Peter on the company. So we co-founded that and we launched it back in Australia um, on the App Store. And um, on the internet and basically had it as a free download because we were like, look, we just we, we just want to see who's going to use this thing. We want companies to adopt it. We really want, we, you know, the 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 uh, the inspiration or ambition behind it was let's see how many companies we can help with this thing and uh, streamline the safety and compliance. And then, uh, funnily enough, uh, ninety percent of our downloads started coming from the US, and uh, this is back in twenty seventeen, and. Pretty quickly, we we're like, hold on, there's something going on here. Why are companies in the US so receptive to this, this service and offering? And so we started actually flying backwards and forwards uh, from Sydney 
to, to the states to actually interview and spend time with the people that were using our risk management technology. Um, and pretty quickly it became really evident that the, the cost of insurance and the burden, the, you know, the burden of OSHA compliance um, and like the litigation system, cost of healthcare or cost of medical expenses, we're all creating a, a need for these businesses in these safety critical industries um, to basically doc, better document, better improve safety with all, all within the look of lowering insurance costs. There were, there were like all those drivers I talked about before, were creating, obviously creating a lot of pressure on increased insurance costs over here compared to you know, other countries in the world. And so we basically at that moment were like, hey, if all these people are using the, you know, our technology because insurance costs are too high, maybe we should become the insurance company and actually directly incentivize them to, um, to improve, improve safety and compliance on a, from, a, from the ground level. Uh, and, and, you know, in that way, everyone wins. The insured safer, the improving their risk profile. Us as the insurance company, we're able to give them this technology for free. And, you know, obviously profit, make, look to make profits from the underwriting through, through a better, better book of business. Um, <clears throat> and so that was the start of my insurance journey. Basically, I, I had done some insurance before in Australia. I, like I mentioned, when I was working for that investment bank, I'd brokered some personal lines to some high net worth clients as like part of our service. Um, I had an insurance license back in Australia, but um, I hadn't used it for many years. But coming over here um, at that point in time, when we made that, had that epiphany, so to speak, um, we thought the best way to, to get started was uh, we got into plug and play. You probably you probably had people from plug and play down here, with, down in Sunnybank. So we got into the plug and play insure tech incubator. We were one of the first cohort of companies to graduate that incubator. Um, and then on the back of graduating that, we opened up a brokerage um, with the look of, with the, you know, armed with this knowledge, hey, becoming an insurance company slash carrier is no easy feat. It's really hard to walk out in the street tomorrow and say, hey, I'm going to start an insurance company. Let's go. You know, you're dealing with regulatory compliance hurdles. Um, you know, there's, there's, a big, there's a big barrier to entry in terms of capital. Um, and so there was no way that that was happening overnight for us. So we thought, you know, best way we could um, basically set, like prove this out over time and also sandbox what we thought would be the perfect offering for the market would be to open up a brokerage, uh, which we did. We, you know, bro we, we ran, it was a small brokerage. I ran it for a number of years, um, broken a few million in, in policies, nothing huge, but basically through that process, learned, like lived, breathed, ate in the shoes of a broker, understood all the pain points, you know, got to understand what the incumbents are offering, what, you know, are, are where incumbent carriers offering technologies, uh, if, if any, how were they doing business? What were the major frustrations for brokers and their insureds? And through that process, we basically created the, um, we had some really good people join the team. I believe you had Emilio Figueroa as well join uh, your podcast. He was one of our earliest insurance employees. And through that process, we, we engineered Foresight as it is today um, to be the ultimate workers' company, you know, technology-driven insurance compensation, workers' compensation insurance program for the U.S. market. Um, and yeah, it's been ever since we launched. It's been been incredible. Um, I I hear that the, the company culture is is great. How how? How, how have you built that, that, that company culture? 
for, for the employees? Yeah, I think um, really what we try to do here at uh, Foresight, I think so there's a few things that have really helped us build a great company culture. I think the first one is um, being fully remote. So obviously we launched uh, Foresight at, at, the, at the start of the pandemic and convincing people to move uh, during a global pandemic and move to San Francisco at that is a tough sale. Um, so we pretty quickly moved to a full remote um, fully remote workforce. And that allowed us to actually pick, like recruit some of the best insurance talent nationally um, without too many hurdles to jump through. And so we were really, really able to pick and choose the best people, best in class people for the roles here. And then, so I think that's one part is offering greater flexibility and, and really being able to track, attract the right talent. And the second is um, culturally, like within the company, We've got some really great company values that we adhere to here at Foresight, um, Foresight Group. And, you know, what, and that we feel those values really help foster an open um, culture of, of acceptance and honesty and really just acknowledging what we're here to do. We're here to make, we're here to do some pretty hard things. We're here to make some pretty big lifts, um, some pretty heavy lifts. And you can't do it alone. You need to do it as a team. And, um, it's just been it's been really refreshing and eye opening bringing people across from that have worked for incumbent carriers for you know decades and they get into this uh, this new environment like more of an, a tech you know we, we are we'd like to think we're fifty fifty insurance fifty percent technology and coming into more of a hybrid culture where we've taken all the best parts from insurance and all the best parts from the tech world and combined them together and um, really created a cool environment where, you know, people with, with, a, with good insurance backgrounds can, and, and, and deep tech, tech backgrounds can really come together and, and shine. So um, that's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun here just doing what we're doing, so. Fantastic. Um, so so the, the logo uh, is, is new. Uh, it is new, why, new as why... today, brand new. The new as of today, we're recording on March 16th, so probably a few, a few weeks before this goes out, but recording on March yeah. 16th. Uh, so, so why the new logo and, and uh, what, what does it stand for? Yeah, good, good, good question. So um, our original logo we loved and the actual, the, the original logo like symbol was actually supposed to be a wrench. Um, but it turns out not many people sort of could could see that it was a wrench, and um, it wasn't. It couldn't have been as, as, as strong as it could be. And we really re wanted to re represent the industries that we 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 focus on with this logo. So, um, construction, manufacturing, agriculture, like all, all any all, all of, you know any any kind of industry that really is where safety is really critical and paramount um, to the business. And so, we really feel we could come up with something that was bolder. And the, the logo could be more identifiable as, hey, that's a bolt or that's a wrench and really strengthen the, the appeal of the, the logo. So that's, that's basically where we, where we ended up now, where we, we made it a lot, uh, I feel it's a lot bolder and um, a lot more obvious that the, the O's are bolts now. And if you really look at it, maybe stare at it long enough to see the wrench in there as well. Um, but, and yeah, we love it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at the, at, at the old one, it's, it's... Uh, it, it's it's simpler, but 
definitely not maybe a little too abstract for it's yeah. only the head of the wrench and nothing like showing that it's a wrench uh this is is very very clearly uh it's much more identifiable you're you're you're, you're absolutely right so 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 i i i, I like that um so so uh what 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 about the future what what what, what is foresight uh focusing on for for the rest of 2022 2023 yeah so it's it's gonna be a really big year we're uh pushing out Obviously, I mentioned we're, we're focused on expanding outside of our, our current uh, footprint, which is going to be really exciting. You know, we're, our goal is to have a national presence um, in the next two to three years. We want we, we would love to be national um, and underwriting and delivering our products to more states and more markets. So that's really the name of the game at the moment, as well as continuing to grow sustainably in our current um, territories and refine our appetite. So... There's a lot, we, we, you know, we're identifying all the time more and more industries that could that benefit from reduced insurance costs and improved safety and compliance. And as we do that, we're really looking to uh, evolve our underwriting criteria to, to, match, that, to match the demand. Um, and who knows what's gonna happen in the market, right? Like there's rates are, are soft at the moment. They've been soft for a long time. There's a lot of talk about inflation, increasing medical, ex medical expenditure. And that having a hardening force on rates, but we'll, you know, we will see what happens. But regardless, we we feel regardless of what happens with rates, if it hardens, we're going to be even we're going to be an even more viable solution for companies because obviously we'll be there to help them reduce that insurance burden and, and lower costs through improved safety. Um, if and if rates stay the same, we're still still going to be offering the the same awesome value proposition, which is which obviously from our first year. In the market, there's a there's a big there's a big need for. Okay, uh, so so fifty states here in the next couple of years, and right right now, how many states are you at? So we're in eight at the moment, um, active in in eight states. So California, Texas, and the Southwest are are our main markets at the moment. Um, predominantly California, no surprise there with the size of uh, with the size of the market here in in California. It's obviously the biggest workers' comp market in the country and um, high, highly competitive, but um, I'd also say one of the most, you know, you, you see some of the most efficient players over here in the market as well. So if you can, if you can make it happen in California, um, there's a good chance, you know, we feel we can push it out into other, other markets and, and do well with the same value proposition. Fantastic. Uh, David, th thank you so much for for your time for giving us an, an update on, on on foresight. Always great great to catch up, uh, and I, I I look forward to to seeing you guys at at Insure to Connect. Maybe some somewhere else uh, uh, here in, in the in the spring, but definitely at Insure to Connect. If you, are you coming to Rims or will I see you? Will we see you at Rims? Uh, I'll I'll no not Rims. Uh, Insure Tech Hartford Symposium uh, okay. and and CPCU Leadership Summit. Uh, but but I, I have not yet found an, uh, an excuse to do rims, unfortunately. We'll have to find one for you and get you out here, Tony. We can, uh, yeah, get, get you down to rims and, and hang out in San Francisco together. That'd be fun. Awesome. I, I love San Francisco. I used to live in Berkeley. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely beautiful area. 
and and also a great great to hear that that you guys are are completely remote uh because yeah it, it is it's there's just not a lot of of insurance people in in the west coast compared to the east coast of the midwest and uh no, nobody wants to relocate so the, the sure. major advantage as you're recruiting with, with with uh uh being fully remote so so good so good for you guys thanks study